Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and happy November to you. Goodness gracious, we are staring right in the face of Thanksgiving, Christmas, and believe it or not, 2024. But we do have a few more weeks left of 2023, so we won't rush it now, will we? Hey, thank you so much for checking in last week with Shalosh Homework. Shout out to my brother Mike, who was the first one to hit me up with his example of Shalosh. So if you listened last week, you know what I'm talking about. And I just want to encourage you, keep looking, keep trying to find those Shalosh concepts, those Shalosh themes. If you didn't listen last week, go back and pick it up. Pick up the podcast from last week. But I'll give you a quick glimpse. We looked at this first example of the Spirit in the Old Testament. We're kind of we're on a theme here for the next few weeks. Finding the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And we had to start, of course, with Genesis. And we had to start with Genesis 1, verse 2. And But if you go a little further in Genesis 1, you see where that we are created in the image of God. But he says, you see that in verse in chapter 1, 27, 28, let us make man in our image. Us and our, plural pronouns, that attribute themselves and connect themselves to the Trinity. So we are created in the image of the triune God. We're, and not only that, but all of nature is, all of creation is. So that is why you would see all these themes of threes. So the Hebrew word for the, le- the number three is not shalosh. The Hebrew word for the concept of three is shalosh, S-H-A-L-O-S-H. And I just want to encourage you to keep looking, keep finding those examples. I, I think you'll be amazed. You will be amazed. Why? Why in the world does the world count by threes? And we're talking non-Christians. We're talking people of all kinds of faith. But we look at threes. My wife had the ABCs. Why not the ABs? Or as she said, why not the ABDs or ABCDs? It's the ABCs. So we stopped at three. And so we have this concept of three woven into the fabric of our DNA. That is why Christian, secular, doesn't matter. You will see threes. You will see threes. You will see patterns and concepts and themes of threes if you're paying attention. So keep paying attention, and I'd love to keep hearing, uh, just shout them out all throughout this whole series, finding the Holy Spirit in the in, finding the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. I would love to keep hearing your examples of threes, your examples of shalosh, because that means you're paying attention. One of the things I've told Firmer's Chapel here, uh, I really one of my heartbeats, just the heartbeat of a, a, a for me as a preacher, as a teacher, uh, is to make sure that you that I, that we experience both a new thing and an old thing. Let me make sure I'm clear. I shared this with our church again last, I shared it with Firmer's Chapel last week. I really want people, everything I share, I, I want it to be revelation. I want it to be one of those moments where like, wow, I didn't know that. Because I want to dig and dig and dig and plumb and plumb and plumb and mine and mine and mine. 
the precious silver, the precious gold, the precious metals of uh, of the Word of God. I want to I want to dig as deep as I can to find the revelation that's in these verses, the revelation that's in these pages. At the same time, they've got to be they've got to be rooted and grounded in orthodoxy, and that just simply means right teaching. Orthodoxy just means right just right teaching. Uh, and, and, and that right teaching is founded, of course, on the Word of God, which is old, right? So when we say we want God to do a new thing, what we're really saying probably is we want God to do a new thing based on an old thing. Because trust me, we don't find God doing new things outside of his old character that's already been revealed, outside of his old heart that's already been shown, outside of his old word that's already been proven. His old word does not wither like grass or fade away like the flowers of the field. His his word endures forever. Amen. So, so I've always just again just really aspire and and truly want to always offer revelation and orthodoxy. Does that make sense? I just want to make sure that we are digging in together new thing, but it's got to be grounded in the old thing. Amen. All right, let me let me pray, and we jump in here for this episode of the Person and the Power podcast as we continue with finding the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Well, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for this day, this night, whatever, wherever it finds us. We know that we are where you are. You are where we are. You continue to... Um, work in us, I pray, and, and and continue to shape and mold us. I pray that you will continue to encourage us with revelation and orthodoxy. I do pray that you will continue to uh, inspire us to dig deeper and, and just really learn well what you would have us to learn so we can know you more and more, your heart, your mind, your character. We love you, Lord, so much. Holy Spirit, have your way. You are the author of every word. You are the inspiration of every word of the word of God. So you must be the translator and the interpreter of the word. So we surrender this to you in Jesus, your mighty and holy name. Amen and amen. Hey, I'd appreciate all the folks that listen. I appreciate all the support. And if you find this to be encouraging and inspiring and uh, in any way revelatory and orthodox, if you want to pass this on, spread the word. I just want folks to really understand the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Just really, truly want people to... to and if this podcast can help people learn and, and glean and, and just fall in love with the person and the power of the Holy Spirit, which is all, who's always going to lead us to the person of Jesus, who's always going to do the work of the Father and say the, what the Father does. So we, we have this perfect unity of the Trinity, right? You can never have enough Holy Spirit. You can abuse the Holy Spirit, but you can also neglect the Holy Spirit. But you can never have rightly, biblically, too much of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is always going to bring you right back to the Son who's always going to do the will of the Father. Amen? So pass on the podcast as you feel led. All right, so we are going to go all the way. We started in Genesis 1. So if you will buckle your seatbelts because we are going to speed all of our... I mean, it's going to make you dizzy. We're going to go to Genesis 2. (laughs) So Genesis 2. Now, interesting, this word that we're going to look at in Genesis 2 isn't ruach. Now, we'll be 
playing, we'll, we'll be looking right at Ruach again later on in the podcast here, this one, but also we'll jump right back into Ruach um, uh, even next week. We, we already have a couple, we've got probably the next three, four uh, podcasts already planned out, but we're not going to be in Genesis for a long time. But we might be in Genesis for the next two or three weeks, okay? I can think of right now at least three more weeks with it. We might be in Genesis, all right? And uh, but I just want to make sure that we understand the Holy Spirit is in the Old Testament, has always been in the Old Testament. And uh, if you remember just the name, just the word Ruach, which is what we looked at last, last time, is found 377 times just in the Old Testament, all right? So we're going to look at a different word. But still means, still sin, the sense of it is still the Holy Spirit. And you'll hear this, okay? So go to Genesis 2, verse 7, all right? And so here's this beautiful uh, part of, of, of creation where there's uh, the, the, the author of Hebrew, the, the author of Genesis is giving us this inside glance, this look, this view of the, the creation, the pinnacle of creation, which is mankind. And we've already we already know that God created man and 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 but now we get a little bit of a glimpse because here in verse seven there's some specifics. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, okay here we go, the breath of life. That word breath is what we're going to look at. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of God. And the man became a living being. Wow, 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 wow. Um, so, you know, uh, just a couple of fun things. Uh, the word for man is Adam. Uh, did you know that? The Hebrew word for man, then the Lord formed man. And that Hebrew word is Adam, or as we would pronounce it in our westernized world, Adam. And then the word for ground, from the dust of the ground, ground is Adama, Adama. So so from the ground, Adama, comes Adam. (laughs) Pretty cool, pretty cool. And just this creator God, I, I see this, guys, I see this image of um, literally, um, and I, I, I give Rick, Rick, uh, Rick Mullins uh, a lot of credit here. Uh, he, uh, he rolls up the sleeves as he puts on the Ritz, you know, our God is an awesome God, but he, he rolls up his sleeves. And I, I, when, when I hear that song, that phrase, that verse in that song, um, I've always thought in this story of creation, this is where God, the, the creator God, father God, he, 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 Gets into the dirt, and he and he and he's and and he forms the dust around with his hands. He rolls up the sleeve of his robe. You know, in Isaiah six, we hear about the train of the robe, train of his robe fills the temple. So it's pretty big robe, pretty big train, and so it's pretty big sleeves because there's pretty big hands. And here he is forming man from the dust of the ground, and I can just see him. Uh, in, in, in forming the face and, and the nose and the eyes and the sockets for the eyes and the ears, the earlobes, the, the chin, the chest, the, the shoulder, the elbows, the fingers, the fingernails, the, uh, the, the hips, the knees, the, the feet, the toenails. I mean, just forming the, all of this. And then they're just waiting for just a second, kind of watching and looking and looking at this creation and not yet breathing yet. Because 
Then he breathes into his nostrils. Now think about the intimacy of that. Think about the intimacy of the father breathing into the nostrils of Adam, of man. So God bending down or scooping up man, holding him to his bosom. Wow, even that maybe. But then putting his mouth around the nostrils of man so that he could breathe his breath into man. And what happened, Scripture tells us? He became a living being. Now we're going to talk about a familiar story here in just a second, but let's look at the, the, the Hebrew word uh, for uh, uh, breath. All right, and, and this word breath, uh, it occurs several times. It, occur, it occurs uh, uh, in just this word uh, about 25 times in, in Hebrew in, in the Old Testament. And, and this, of course, is the first one. And this word is nishama, nishama. Nishama, and this word means breath, okay, life, spirit. I like this blast. <laughs> so let me just read some real definitions here. Uh, the first definition is the breath of God has a hot wind, kindling a flame, or even a destroying wind that burns up dross, okay. And then there's this breath of man, which is the word specifically. And, and listen to this, the, the specific definition for this particular usage right here is the breath of man as breathed into God, but now is the breath of man. So it's almost like man is breathing the breath of God. So the breath of God is inside man, and that's what man is living on. Does that make sense? Wow. Pretty cool, pretty cool, um, and it could it, and it goes on uh, every every breathing thing. Uh, the psalm talks about every everything that has breath, right? Everything that has breath would be uh, nashama, nishama, and so every everything that has breath, praise the Lord. And then finally, it's the the spirit of man, and this is interesting. Uh, and, the, uh, and and so again, uh, this this word means all of that here in this moment. Uh, this spirit of man is, in fact, it, it, it goes to two things. It's like a lamp, which you know what a lamp produces, light. But also, I like this, it also can mean inspiration, divine inspiration or intellect. So if you put all that together, together there's this blast of this divine inspiration, this, this divine intellect, this divine light from a lamp that now gives breath to man, but it's the breath of God that's inside man. Wow. And it's like a hot wind kindling a flame. It's like when, when it's like, uh, not even like when you bend down and, and blow on a campfire trying to blow the embers. It's more than that. It's it literally means this hot wind that blows upon a fire that now spreads the fire. So now this blast of breath that's inside man is not just in the nostrils, but now is flamed every part of him. Just think through that. Now, now I, I think there's I think there's interesting. Here's some revelation, okay? I think it's interesting that there's another Hebrew word besides ruach. So it does mean spirit uh, here, but ruach means breath as well, but it's more connected to the Holy Spirit. So ruach... Um, 
the Hebrew for holy is kadosh, by the way, and spirit is ruach. Uh, so uh, ruach hakadosh uh, is would be the Hebrew way of saying holy spirit. Ruach hakadosh, ruach hakadosh. Impress your friends. You know Hebrew now. You know how to say holy spirit in Hebrew. Ruach hakadosh. But it's interesting. I think this there's a reason why nishama is used here instead of ruach because ruach is the more is the more official hebrew word for spirit while nishama means spirit but also means everything else we've talked about blast and breath and and hot wind kindling of fire and all that i, I while yes the spirit of god the breath of god fills the man in this moment at the garden, listen, I think this, again, test me and, and you can check it here, but I believe Nishama is used because the Holy Spirit does not need to live inside man at this moment. Okay? I don't think the Holy Spirit needed to live in man at this moment. Why? Because there is perfect unity with man and God. Make sense? So I don't think the Ruach is used because Ruach is used in, in a different place uh, with the Ruach is using is really used for the person, the breath who is a person, uh, the breath who is the Spirit of God, the, the Holy Spirit. This is a little bit different, but still it's from the Spirit. So it's like it's not Ruach the Spirit as much as it's the breath from the Spirit of God. Does that make sense? And I don't think we needed the Holy Spirit to fill us like we do now. Why? Because there was no need. Because remember, the man would walk, right, in, in the garden. And interesting, look at this. You're going you're gonna to find this one to be interesting. Um, go to Genesis 3, verse 8. Go to Genesis 3, verse 8. And there is only one reference. Now listen to this. There's only one reference to this word of the 377 references in, 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 in of Hebrew of the word ruach for spirit or for breath, for life, for energizing life, for the spirit of God, right? Of the 377 references that we would find, only one, only one means cool, like, like cool. Not hot, but cool. Do you see it? Genesis 3, verse 8. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. Now, unfortunately, this is right after that they fell. Right after. But you see in Genesis 3, 8, they're walking and there's the, the Holy Spirit cool this ruach can also mean cool. One instance where ruach means cool. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is still hovering. The Holy Spirit is still moving. So the Holy Spirit didn't need to be in at that point. Does that make sense? Now we know that the Holy Spirit fills us as believers today because of Acts 2, the prophecy of Joel 2, and, and the fulfillment of Acts 2, Pentecost. But I don't think they, man and woman, Adam and Eve did not need the Holy Spirit within them at that moment because they were walking in perfect unity with God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I believe. Wow. 
I, I just want you to kind of grasp that because I, I, I know I'm a nerd on these things, but that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right, we're moving on here really quick. I promised you that uh, we come to a familiar story, right? And and you have you thought about it? There's there's man. He's lying in the dust. He's been created. He's got bones. He's got muscle. He's got tendons and sinew. 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 He's got uh, everything he needs except the breath of life in him. Right? Ah, oh, guess what? Guess what? Come on, Ezekiel thirty-seven. Can anyone say Valley of Dry Bones? All right. So here's Ezekiel, and he's gonna. Uh, he's talking. He takes hold of him. Verse one. I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord. Ruach, right there. There's Ruach by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around those bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. And he asked me, "Son of man, can these bones become living people again?" O sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. He said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones. Say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the, somebody should make a song about that. There's like 15 songs about this. This, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, look, he says, look, I am going to put breath. Somebody say breath. I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you, verse 6, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I really think that's really important. Until you have the breath of God in you, you really don't know he's the Lord. This word breath, now, now the interesting, this word breath, two different breaths. One is nishama, one is ruach. Because now, now you know, he's, this is a prophecy. This is a prophecy to the people of Israel, Right? I think it's also a little bit of a prophecy to Pentecost. I really do. It's also connecting the dots from Genesis 2. Does that make sense? I, I think this beautiful, uh, the, the, the Word of God, this beautiful Bible that we have, I think we miss so much connection because we just don't study deep enough. I, I, I just really do believe it connects Genesis 2, to, it, uh, it connects us to, to, to Pentecost. I spoke this message, verse 7, just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there's a rattling noise all around the valley. The bones of each body came together, attached themselves to complete skeletons. I watched muscles and flesh formed over the bones. There's then skin formed to cover their bodies. They still, though, had no breath in them. Somebody say breath. Verse 9, then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. Breath came into their bodies and they all came to life. And they all came to life. So, breath. Nishama. It is the informal word for spirit. The more formal word is, is ruach. But this word, it's almost like the breath of the breath. So it's the breath of the breath of God. And it's the breath of the Spirit of God. So the very Spirit of God we're going to see all throughout Old Testament, certainly in the New Testament, we're going to see the Spirit of God dwelling within mankind. I don't think that was necessary in the garden because there was perfect unity, perfect fellowship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Until when? Sin. Sin takes the breath right out of us. Have you ever been knocked 
kicked in the gut? Have you ever fallen and, and knocked the breath out of you? Oh my gosh. Basketball in my young adult, in my young years, football, um, on playground football, all the, I mean, I've had the breath knocked out of me a thousand times. It's not a comfortable feeling, is it? Sin will knock the breath right out of you. But praise be to God, to the Ruach of God, for his nishama, that he's ready to blow his breath into us. Not just his spirit in us, now that's a big deal, but also to breathe his breath into us. If you feel like a pile of dry bones today, you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in you, but you feel dry. Why don't you pray for the nishama of God? Pray that the Holy Spirit would breathe breath into you again and truly bring life back into those bones of yours. I love the Ruach of God and I love the nishama of God, the breath of the breath of God. I pray you're blessed and you come alive and you breathe again with the very breath of God. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.